Hello, club members. I'm Chris, and I recently spayed a hedgehog. And I'm Kate, and my favorite band is the animatronic rats at Chuck E. Cheese. And welcome back <laughs> to the weekly meeting of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. I believe you. <laughs> yes, welcome back. This is where we review a different horror movie every week, and we discuss story, production, reception, relevance in pop culture, and our garbage opinions about these movies. Yes, and so... Today we are going to spoil the movie, so if you want to watch it, I would recommend going and watching it before um, coming and listening, but definitely come back. We get sad when you don't come back. Come back. Come back. (laughs) We'll wait. We'll wait here. (laughs) Yes. So today we're we're watching a pretty recent movie, so if you haven't seen it, that's okay. That's okay. Um, Don't feel bad. Yeah. So today we're talking about A Quiet Place, which came out just last year, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was quite the, it was quite the hubbub around town so yes. i feel like most people have probably seen it who are going to watch it at this point i feel like everyone's at least seen the trailer i don't think everyone who's ever gonna see it is gonna have seen it it's only been out for like less than a year yeah that's fair yeah don't sh- don't trailer, shame people chris <laughs> shame <laughs> i wish i had one of those cowbells <laughs> i don't think cowbell. <laughs> the nuns from game of oh Thrones. my gosh she was in a she's in that show sex education oh my gosh you started watching it i finished it Oh my god, that's right. I'm sorry. Anytime <laughs> people get nervous, the people are like, "Oh, you should watch this show." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." And the next day, they're like, "Did you watch?" I'm like, "I finished it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, people are like, "What? How much time do you have?" <laughs> that was ten hours long. Yeah, actually, I, I hate that about you. I know frankly. people hate it. Whatever. Well, anyway, why don't you give them a little synopsis about what a quiet place is if people haven't yes. seen it? So, a quiet place is basically about. It's a post-apocalyptic alien invasion scenario where there's these aliens who have visited Earth who have super sensitive hearing but can't see. And so it's about a family who are trying to survive in this environment where they can't make noise because if they make noise, they die fairly quickly because these aliens come out of nowhere and kill them. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about sign language, echolocation, the horrors of childbirth, Tetanus. Tetanus. And more. So And more. You have a lot to look forward to this episode. Honestly, it's mostly the horrors of childbirth. <laughs> if you are ever planning on giving birth, reconsider mm. when aliens invade. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say about Just it. Just have like a plan. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Have a plan. Yeah, it's like you know, disaster preparedness. Dis- you got one for earthquakes, <laughs> you got one for floods, you've got one for aliens invade, and you're pregnant. And you're pregnant. It's a very important factor to keep in mind. I'm just saying, if you're a prepper and you don't have at least a couple of pregnancy kits in your bag, are you really pregnancy a prepper? Kits. <laughs> I'm just saying. In your apocalypse so, team, if anyone comes in, like, okay, cool, you have water, you have food, are you pregnant? Prove it. Are you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> Reconsider. Re- you can't be on, you cannot get on my wagon to the Oregon Trail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just can't. You just, yeah, not so, going to work out. For every movie, we pick a film, or I pick a film genre. This one is obviously pregnancy horror. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, modern horror, but that sounds lame. No, I think it's garbage, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for your honesty. That's a a cop-out, it is. I know. Alien horror? But that's misleading. I would say either, like, sci-fi horror or post-apocalyptic. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay, so I think sci-fi horror is more accurate but i also think it's misleading because it's not like spaceships no et is not in this movie this isn't battlestar galactica et was in this movie but he did a terrible job in his audition <laughs> he's in the background his agent sucks <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> so well i'll call it post-apocalyptic horror i think that's a good okay it's gonna lump it in with zombies which is confusing but i mean it's it's okay. close like it's an apocalypse whatever whatever i'm not dwelling yeah. on that whatever post-apocalyptic <laughs> So this movie, like Chris has alluded to, is fairly recent. It's not even a year old yet. It premiered. I didn't even allude to that. I said it. Okay. Well, you very (laughs) specifically alluded to it when you gave me a date. (laughs) A hard allusion. Ooh, what's behind this clear drape? (laughs) So it premiered at South by Southwest um, in March of 2018. And obviously, it was a major box office hit. It grossed of over $340. No, more than that. $340. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross income, people. That's not even net profit. 
<laughs> gross income. I'm just imagining John Krasinski with like a fistful of one dollar bills. Like <laughs> we made it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> okay, so three hundred and forty million. To be clear. All right. Yeah. Okay, that's better. That's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some high standards. Be like, I no, can make a horror movie. We can't all be Black God. Panther, you know? That's <laughs> yes. all I'm going to say. We're not all avatars here. So um, the budget was only $20 million, which <laughs> well, makes 340 like pretty bad. <laughs> So they netted a loss of $339 million. <laughs> Epic, <laughs> fail. Epic fail. <laughs> so a lot of people know that John Krasinski was one of the, he helped write the screenplay along with two people, Scott Beck and Brian Woods. And yes. obviously Emily Blunt is in this movie. We're going to, Chris and I have talked beforehand. We're going to try to, you know, not talk about, not gush about Emily Blunt the full hour yeah. of this podcast except we probably will that's except all this is gonna you be you can't stop me yeah so this movie obviously was a very popular and big hit and it actually yes. i don't know if you knew this but it won no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> it won 340 dollars <laughs> it won literally no award. Oh we, are, God. we are really selling this movie <laughs> It's a big hit. It made a few dollars. It won no awards. And that's the podcast. We love you, Emily Blunt. So obviously this movie is like super popular. And obviously Emily Blunt and John Krasinski got a lot of accolades for being, you know, amazing. Because they're perfect. Because they're perfect in every way. And we will talk a, a little bit about, like, how Emily Blunt got involved. Because it was more by force than by, like... Yeah, that was coercion. <laughs> that was coercion. And a little bit of nepotism. I'm just going <laughs> to... Yeah, just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. A pinch of nepotism. Bit of blackmail. Mm. But this movie actually... Obviously, it's quiet. It's called A Quiet Place. But it was nominated for an Oscar, for an Academy Award, for Best Sound Editing. Which sounds silly because it's a very quiet movie but it's actually got some really <laughs> yeah. brilliant sound design right well because like the movie is for the most part very very quiet which is sort of the point right but because it's so quiet every noise that you do hear has to be intentional yes right and so like they went back and they they only included noises that they wanted you to hear which is so much harder than normal sound design in yeah. my opinion and they use something that they called sound envelopes which is where each character's noise is different and more poignant so one of the one of the characters is obviously a young deaf girl i forget what mm -hmm. reagan reagan and so reagan yeah her sound is like very very muffled and they and they use anytime that it's from her perspective that's what the sound sounds like which is very poignant because then it forces you to look at the visuals and they employ that very brilliantly and yeah. and they also all their sound in this movie obviously it's very quiet but all the sound in this movie they added in post-production so that they could, they could have it amplified the way they wanted it for storytelling purposes which takes a right. lot of effort takes a lot, of, a lot effort. of effort yeah well and i really loved how they did that with reagan's character and and they kind of do it with all the characters so at any given moment you're only hearing the noises that that character themselves would hear sort of at the level that they would hear it with their own ears so like it really puts you in their perspective which i thought was super super cool and kind of subliminal yes like yes Yes. You don't realize it at first that that's what's happening. They even do it with the alien creature because the alien, you know, has no eyes. Its whole thing is that it can hear like nobody's business. And so whenever it's focusing on the alien, the alien's opening up its crazy ears. Everything is like amplified times a thousand and it'll focus in on one particular sound. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is important for like obviously the story. So right. very it's so, cool. It's super cool. I very don't know cool. who beat them, but they must have done a really good job. Or actually, the, yeah. the more I learn about the Academy Awards, the more I realize it's all fake and I don't watch them anymore. But it's a, it's a popularity. It's all yeah. fake. Shrek yeah. beat Monsters Incorporated and I will never be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. You've had bad blood ever since. <laughs> it's just not okay. Speaking of Reagan, though, the character, I really want to talk to her about her for just a second. So Millicent Simmons is the actress who played her. And the cool thing about it is that she's deaf in real life. 
Yeah, she's actually and deaf. She's, and she's been deaf since infancy. And so she had a huge part in developing not only her own role in this movie, but kind of the whole scenario because she actually understands what it's like to be deaf. Mm-hmm. And so that and that's the cool thing about her character throughout this movie is that everyone else is, has to be super cognizant of how much noise they're making. But she can't she be can't hear. Yeah. So she doesn't. She's not fully aware of the noise that she's making. And so her acting as a deaf individual in this scenario is so good because she actually knows. Because she, yeah, because she can't hear. And that's not only is it super impressive, but also super important that we have, you know, a deaf person playing a deaf character. Yes. And that was John Krasinski's decision. Yeah. He insisted insisted. on it. And I think that's super important. And something I think that's very cool. If you haven't seen this movie, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, uh, important point. It's about a family. Um, I don't know their real names because they don't say them because they're silent. But there's John Krasinski yeah. and Emily Blunt. And then they have three kids for a minute. So they have three, yeah. they have three kids, um, a son, two sons, and a daughter. And the daughter is deaf. And so they all know American Sign Language. They're all fluent in American Sign Language. They're just, they've been using it before they had to use it. But now the apocalypse has happened. They have to be silent. So they throughout the, this whole movie is in sign language with subtitles. Which is... So different from every other movie, yeah, out there right now. Like, the, I, for a mainstream movie to be almost entirely in ASL is so cool. Yeah, especially so, if so cool. You're actually deaf and you want to watch a movie. Like that's that's so unique and different and cool. And they had mm-hmm. a an actual like a deaf mentor, Douglas Rid- Ridloff, who came and yeah, like, yeah. taught ASL to the actors and like coached them on how they were going to do it. Because like if you watch, like the characters employ it differently because like asl is like very much involves your personality and like right so like mm-hmm. and and actually in reagan millicent simmons in an interview was talking about how like she picked up on that stuff that other people didn't because she was deaf so she picked up that john krasinski's character you know he's very business he's getting stuff done he's mm-hmm. not super emotional so he's signing very curtly he's very driven and focused versus Emily Blunt's character, who is all about, you know, giving the best life that she can to her children. And she wants her kids to like Mm -hmm. have a life as much as they can. She's very emotive. She uses her face and expressions and she moves her hands way beyond what John Krasinski's character does. And so that's something that I actually subliminally picked up on when I was watching it, but it wasn't until after I read her interview that I was like, Oh, like that's a good point. Yeah. Super, super cool. Cause it's the same thing as someone having a different tone than another person in, in spoken language. Yes, exactly. Same concept. Just, just more visual, which is so, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's so cool that they had that going on. And then, yeah, like you said, they had Douglas Ridloff there and he was there on set every single day, helping them refine their ASL to make, first of all, that it was understandable to someone who, if some, if a deaf person was watching this movie, that yeah. they could understand yeah. it. They're not faking it. And two, that it was, in character the way that they were doing it which i think is so awesome that they went above and beyond to make sure that they were doing this the correct way if they were going to do it yeah just just to be clear chris i love this movie and i'm guessing that you like it too no i hated it no you loved it no i yeah i love this movie people it's so good it's so beautiful and perfect it's such a good movie because on one hand yes it's a horror there were definitely moments where i was scared and nervous and anxious but I cried at moments in this movie Me too. and I felt happiness and joy during parts of this movie. This did everything that other kinds of movies do for me. So I loved it. I am so glad you were yeah, usually very grumpy with me. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I didn't tell you this before we had watched it, but I had already seen this movie. Why did, why didn't you tell me? Because I want it to be a surprise. So you were just lying. I was lying. You to know, you, yeah. I was wondering why you smirked. Yeah, because <laughs> I was no, like, we should watch a quiet place. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. Okay, okay sure. sure. And normally you put up it, way more of a fuss than that. Yeah. No, I watched this by my own volition way back when it first came out. I am very impressed so, and surprised. Yeah. Proud of you. No, I I I really liked this movie. I want to talk about the alien for a bit because I think the alien's very cool. Yeah. So I think it's super interesting. So this is obviously a horror movie. But the focus is not Correct. on this alien. No, the alien's almost, you know, a side character. It is. It's it's it really is. It's just like kind of like a complimentary thing. But so mm-hmm. whenever they made this movie, obviously it was written about the family. It's all about the family and their emotions and how they're dealing with this situation and their relationships. But the alien actually wasn't even designed until after they had finished filming and they had produced the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, like they had no idea really what the alien was. Yeah, like even the actors when they were like watching the movie, they're like, "Oh, that's what it, that's what it's chasing us." Cool. 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 
And they obviously, you can tell, but they use um, elements of true like echolocation to create the monster, mm-hmm. which I think is very different. I can't think of another alien creature that had that. No, not that I can think of. No, and I and I like what you say that. So like the movie is not about the alien; it's about the family because yeah. like, they could have made a horror film about aliens who came to Earth who have really good hearing, you know. And yeah, it could have been exactly. about aliens invading Earth, but it wasn't. The movie is about a family living in this hard circumstance of that situation, and they don't know what's going on outside. You don't know how many other people are alive right now. You don't know any of that because the family doesn't know any of that. And I just I think it's a super cool perspective on the alien invasion movie trope to just be like, what would this one small town family be experiencing in this? Scenario? Exactly. And I think that's super cool. And just like you said, they don't it's not about the aliens coming to Earth and everyone being scared and trying to figure it out because it's it starts way past it that like this movie starts drops you in everything's already quiet and the family's already been dealing with this for obviously a very long time like the town's overgrown and you pick up what you know about this alien which again is secondary so it's like a cool side story to learn and pick up on but not necessary but you learn Mm -hmm. all of that just from set elements so from like the newspapers that have like stories like Oh, like they can hear you and oh, like newspapers with the creature on it, but in Japanese. So, you know, it's like a worldwide invasion. So it's a very clever way to tell us stuff through silence. And I think that that is one of my favorite things about horror movies in general, especially this one, because the the worst horror movies are the ones that they they like tell you instead of show you, you know? Yeah, they spoon feed you the information. Exactly. They're like, oh, like this is its weakness and this and that and that. I'm like, I don't I want to figure that out. Like, I want to figure it out on my own. Right. Like the Mm -hmm. honestly and I truly believe this. Your audience is as smart as you will let them be. I totally agree. And this movie does that it's like you can and honestly you don't have if you're not curious as to what the aliens are cool like you can still very much enjoy this movie like you're not a horror fan and you liked this movie yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah because the the characters aren't telling you about the month the characters don't even really talk about them no they just talk about how it's important to stay quiet and how to survive and stuff but they don't they don't have dialogue explaining to you about what the creatures are or where they came from or what life was like before or any of that they don't they don't bother with that because it's not realistic for that family to be having that conversation. Exactly. 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 The only information you get is from like those newspaper clippings, whiteboards, and and that's, and, and that's kind of it. That's it. And you. And I think and that's you, awesome. And they show you a little bit because, I mean, you're kind of curious. Like, are they like the last people in this region? Like, how many other people are there? And right. they kind of show you that whenever um, John Krasinski's character like goes up on his little pile or whatever and lights the fire at dusk mm-hmm. and you see all the other fires like pop up like you know lord of the Rings style gondor style yeah. like, everyone's lanterns pop up in the distance and you see okay so this is like a collective mm-hmm. and like they're not the only ones and this has been going on for a long time because they obviously have all these systems implemented and it told all of us that in like five seconds by showing us a and, fire and visually yeah yes, and it's, visually. Some, it's it's a cool thing for you to pick up on as a person makes you feel good makes you it'd feel be smart. stupid if john was like oh i'm gonna go up and light the fire see who else is alive now <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna check on the other seven people in the area thanks real fast. yeah I no agree. i agree they show us they don't tell us and i think that's super respectful of us and just a cool way of filming a movie and also, so I obviously, for those of you who don't know our podcast, I super much, super duper love horror movies and Chris super doesn't. But no. so I really like the visual effects and monster making. That's really cool for me. And yeah. so that was important to me, regardless of if it was important to the stories. And I think they did a very good job. If you haven't seen this movie, the alien is like this armored, eight foot tall, spider legged super fast alien that has yeah. no eyes and his ears like come they're like internal and they mm-hmm. like the armor around his ears like shoots out and like his ears are exposed and you can see them like expanding as they right. listen which is super nifty and very different than anything i had seen before and biologically sensical right like i hate when yes. you have these monsters that just don't make sense yes but if i was an alien species that my primary sense was my hearing. Like if that was the one thing I relied on most to catch prey, I would protect it. So I yes. love that they had this super advanced ear with echolocation capabilities that they then they were like covering with armor when they weren't actively using it. So I think, yeah, like I love it when they use elements of realism in what, mm-hmm. in what they're doing instead of just making this weird fantastical creature that 
doesn't actually make yeah, sense. Yeah, it has the body of a snake and the legs of a crab and Yeah. No. <laughs> the body no. of a s- Oh, I thought you said steak. <laughs> you said snake. A steak body. <laughs> <laughs> I thought and it moves very appropriately. I know that sounds silly because it is literally a fantastical demon alien, but it with the way its legs work, it's very fast. Like that's one of its things, and it shows it right. to you. Like on like the closed yeah. circuit televisions in the movie, it shows you running really fast, and I'm like, oh, that like makes sense. My veterinary yeah. training has like I approve this message. It makes yeah. anatomical sense. <laughs> I approve this animal. <laughs> Everyone on on the team is like, oh, thank God, Kate thinks it's all right. Uh, yeah. We made it with our thirty three hundred forty dollars in Kate's approval yeah, we and zero did it. awards. Everyone we go did home. Pat on the back. <laughs> awesome. All right, what else are we? Well, missing? you'll be you'll be glad to know, Kate, that we are not alone in liking this movie. I'm not surprised. So, unfortunately, though, IMDb in their ever ever present cynicism. Let me guess. Seven. The, yeah, yes. Sure. They only acknowledge it as a movie as a with a seven point six. So <laughs> this movie exists. Seven. And I was disappointed in that. I thought this movie deserved a lot better than a seven because, like, some of the other movies we watched that I thought were like good but didn't necessarily deserve better. It's also got, got better a seven. Grades. Yeah. Anyways, but Rotten Tomatoes gives no a one, lot better. No one cares about IMDb, to be clear. No one cares. That's where you go to see, like, what celebrity has your birthday. It's not where you go Correct. Mm-hmm. for true movie reviews. Yeah, and you try to find out, like, what other garbage movie they were in before they were famous. Exactly. Stuff. But Rotten Tomatoes does better. So the critics gave it a 95%, which is awesome That's for a movie in good. general, but it's kind of sensational for a horror film. Yes. And then audiences give it an 83%, which is, again, I think, really good mm. for for any movie really Uh, yeah i think that's good i think they deserve closer to the 95 but i'm okay with it and then actually four different um four different papers the guardian washington post launch los angeles times and the village voice all give this movie perfect scores oh my gosh yay i think that's the first movie we've come we've done so far that has had that many perfect scores that's amazing this is good this is a good movie like it's 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 not just austin chronicle liked it people if the austin chronicle liked it then like I might set aside our feud for a day. It was either excellent or garbage. I might set aside our feud for the day if the Austin Chronicle liked this movie. For for now, you You're get a pass. You're safe this week. <laughs> yeah, no more dog shit set to your door. <laughs> I think. Amazing. I think that we should just dive straight into this movie because there's no way that people who are listening to us right now aren't super curious. They're like, "What are you? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Okay." If you're not further convinced, I still recommend if you haven't seen this movie, pause this, go watch it, come back. Absolutely watch this movie. We both endorse that message, and that's hard to come by, so take yes. advantage. Okay, I'm going to assume you watched it and you're back, so let's let's just dive in. So here we go. Here we go. Okay, so we, we open in on a rundown convenience store pharmacy-type place, and we see, well, at fr- well, we see like ch- children running through these aisles barefoot, and you're like, oh, that's different. And then we see Emily Blunt in all of her glory. Oh, she's so pretty. Sort of and brilliant. She <laughs> sort of delicately moving and lifting pill bottles. And so you instantly get the idea that she's being very, very deliberate to make sure that she doesn't even make the amount of noise that pills jostling in a pill bottle would make. Right. Which sort of right off the bat gives you an idea of how critical it is yes. for this to be a quiet place. And she's looking for some sort of medication for her child. Who's like sick on the ground. Sort of not important. She gives him the pill. She gives him water through a Nalgene, which is arguably the loudest water bottle <laughs> in human existence. Well, the ones with like the big cap. The big cap. Yeah. Like, on, if anyone listening has ever owned a Nalgene, you know that if you open that in the middle of the night, everyone <laughs> on the block wakes up. They need like a water skin or something. A they canteen. do. Literally anything else. I don't know if you picked this up, but whenever they're in, so they're in like a grocery store kind of sitch and obviously the shelves are just decimated like there's nothing on them because it's obviously been a long time but uh the chips the bags of chips are still there the bags of oh my god still there because they would (laughs) be so i mean loud treats (laughs) how loud do you want i mean how bad do you want a chip the last snack you snack in your apocalypse doomsday preparedness kit don't put those biodegradable sun chip bags oh so loud it will be your death. <laughs> Instantly dead the second you open that. Oh, garden chip. salsa. Dead. Oh, not worth it. <laughs> not, it's not worth, worth it. it. <laughs> no sun chip is worth it, people. That's oh. actually really funny. And what an attention to detail. I know. It's so clever. John's like, no one's eating chips. No. <laughs> 
you will be eating Twinkies, <laughs> soft best. foods only, bananas. Bananas. That's the treatment. That's that's the treat of choice. Yes, bananas is what you get. So they're all, you know, walking around this decimated grocery store. Mm-hmm. And there's the little boy, because there's adults, I mean, not adult sister, like 13-year-old sister who's deaf. There's like yep. a, I don't know, I'm going to say like 10-year-old boy and then like a four-year-old baby kid. Right. Little baby child. Yes. And he is like on his tiptoes, like trying to grab this little plastic toy that caught his attention because he's a, a small child and doesn't understand how apocalypse works. And right. He so he gets his toy, almost knocks it on the ground and it's a whole thing. Yeah. And then they put it back up and then they're all like, OK, let's go and ready to go. And they look over and we just see it from the from like behind the kid. We see the back of the back of the kid's head and then all the f- other four family members just staring in horror at whatever he's holding. Yeah, you think it's like a human head or something. Yeah. It's or like, a bomb. Yeah, it's like, here's this alarm clock I just wound up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I- guys. I found the kitchen timer. <laughs> just what we needed. I found all the kitchen timers. We're good. He found the sun chips. <laughs> he found the sun chips. So he basically, it's the four-year-old equivalent of a bag of compostable sun chips. It is a plastic toy spaceship. And just looking at it, you know it's going to make a lot of noise. You know it's a noisy toy you know that your noisy. aunt or uncle sent to you for Christmas to get back at their sibling, which is your parent. Exactly. It's that toy. And so they're looking at it. And John Krasinski, what is his name? I got I to gotta learn his name. So I can't. Lee. Lee. Okay. That's way shorter than John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> so again like these are we don't know their names because they don't say them I they also, never say them I also didn't know that they had like occupations because I was you know I found out whenever I looked it up because I mean I was super curious the entire time to know what they were so I, my uh, guess the mom at least my guess was that the mom has to be in the medical field to some degree like she's either a doctor You're right. or a nurse or something you're right she's a doctor which makes sense because you see her like she's taking her own blood pressure like she has a stethoscope like she knows what pills she's supposed to get but like they don't tell you that but no. so at first you're like oh like this family like is kind of lucky because they have like a deaf child because they already all know sign language they're already fluent in it and right. then after reading up i'm like oh also mom's a doctor and dad's an engineer, which definitely comes in handy later. So you know, all they those kind of they lucked out. Yeah, but then they had a four-year-old. So yeah, did so they you like, know ups and downs it's a balance for this family. of pros and cons, people. Yes. You know. Yes, exactly. So they had a lot going for them. They do have a lot. Going. Was not one of them. No, they obviously have a lot going for them. If Lee would just you know stay off of Emily Blunt for two seconds, then everything <laughs> would be. They would have it made in the shade. <laughs> so dad, but alas, but alas. <laughs> fatal flaw. <laughs> Um, dad reaches over to like gingerly pick up this toy. He takes out the batteries and like sets them on the counter, sets the toy Disarming on the it like a bomb. Yes, like a bomb. Like he's cutting the red wire, like looks at the the kid like signs, you know, like, oh, way too loud. Like can't use that. And the kid's yeah, just looking at him. You can see the seriousness in his face. Yes. Like we and all almost You can see how died. the little boy is like. I don't get it. He knows he needs to be quiet, but he doesn't really understand. No, he doesn't get it. And he's trying, like, I mean, just, like, not running around screaming and smearing jam on the walls is, like, really good for a kid. Like, he's right. trying. He but wanted point, one like, toy. Yeah, but at this point, we as the audience kind of are in his position. Like, we get that we need to be quiet. But not. But we don't, don't really know the understand consequence. the consequences of making noise. Well, fear Fortunately, not. the little boy tells us. Yeah, they're gonna, we're going to find out real soon. And that honestly is something that I really liked about this movie and the showing and not telling. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I know we have to be quiet. I know from the trailer that there's like a creepy thing that's wandering around, but like what happens? Yep. Like what's going to happen if I'm, if I make a noise, what happens? So right. anyway, the, they start walking out and they're walking on this path of sand that they've like, there's like a network of sand on the ground that they walk on. Cause it's very soft and quiet. Right. And the daughter, like Reagan, the 13 year old, like gets the toy and like hands it back to the little boy and kind of like winks at him. You know, like, Oh, it'll be our little secret. And then the last yeah. shot we see as she's walking out, we see this tiny little, baby hand reach up on the counter and grab the batteries and take them back greedy that greedy little son of a you know he couldn't just he couldn't just have the spaceship could he he doesn't know he's just like he doesn't know and he just wants the toy he's just four and he just wants the toy so they're walking down the road they're walking back um dad is carrying the sick kid the sick boy and then it's reagan and then 
following up in the caboose is little Bo, the four-year-old Bo. And this is when we get one of those sound envelopes where we see it from Reagan's perspective, and it's horrifying. They're all walking around, walking down the road. Reagan mm-hmm. looks up, and you see, like, everyone's kind of, like, staring at her in horror, like, looking back. And you see she's kind of looking forward, like, what? And you see just behind her head the flashing lights of the space shuttle that the that Bo is just, like, swinging around the air. Right. And you you kind of put two and two together very quickly. And then it flashes back to Bo and you, and you hear it. You hear this very, like the loudest toy on planet earth. And right. Bo's just like swinging around the air, playing with the spaceship. Mom just drops to the ground and is just quietly sobbing into her hands. Cause, Cause she knows it's that, too late. Like there's yeah. like, what are you going to do? Dad drops the other kid and runs as fast as he can running straight for the kid. But then we see the alien we described earlier, like, loping like the fastest crazy creature you've ever seen loping for the kid john's almost there kid's gone Boom, kid's gone and it looks it honestly looks like it cuts him in half it's horrifying yeah it's horrifying what a way to tell us as the audience that look making noise has consequences is a lethal offense Mm -hmm. in this scenario which we knew but like to see it and to see it happen to a four-year-old child yeah, that's whenever I stopped chewing my popcorn so loud. I was like in the theater with my snacks, having a good time. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to be real quiet. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to hold what? my breath for the next hour and 20 minutes. See, I didn't watch this in theaters. And I feel like that would have been a really cool experience to like. It was a bunch of wasted it, snack dollars is what it was. Was it agonizing? Yes, it was agonizing. I literally would take popcorn and I just put it in my mouth and just let it disintegrate. Oh, my <laughs> just gosh. Just eat it that way. I was like, this isn't fun. I was like, I like, have my bag of milk duds. I'm like, well, I'll enjoy you later. But you don't want to be that person. No! Who's like crunching and slurping their <laughs> way through a completely silent movie. No, that's how you get not invited back on that date. That's for the Avengers. That is not for this. Yeah, you just crunch really loudly in the loud scenes. So, <laughs> yeah. And so now we're flashing forward to one year later. And obviously, the daughter is having a very hard time dealing with the fact that it she wasn't her herself. fault. Yeah, it wasn't her fault, though. It absolutely it was, wasn't. but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely wasn't her fault that the little boy picked up the batteries and that it went poorly. She was just trying to be, like, a good sister. And she didn't give him the batteries. No. Yeah. But, I mean, if I was her, I could... T- I understand why she blames herself. I know. It's hard. Which and is then hard. we we see Emily Blunt, and, oh, guess what? She's, like, super pregnant. See, and, like, if only she wasn't. <laughs> Remember if what we only. said about the horrors of birth at the beginning of this episode? Yeah, this is. Yeah, imagine giving birth in the you apocalypse. Have to be quiet. <laughs> you have to be silent. There are no epidurals. No. No. Not ideal. Because Reagan obviously blames herself for the death of her younger brother. Her and her father, like, you get the idea pretty quick that her and her father have developed a pretty negative relationship. Strained, at least. Yeah. Strained. Yeah, I think that's fair. And. We just have these scenes where he's clearly wanting to be a good father to her, but and you and you don't know if he blames her as well, but you just get this idea that they don't they've lost communication with each other. Yeah. And so he he gives her a new cochlear implant mm-hmm. and she clearly doesn't want it because she's like, you know what, you keep trying to give me this new thing so that I can hear again and it doesn't work. It never works. And it's just it's 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 really heartbreaking to watch their relationship fall apart. And again, I can't stress enough, like this movie is about those familial relationships. A hundred percent, yes. It's not about aliens. It's about people, a family trying to stay a family under extremely difficult circumstances. And he doesn't Lee doesn't have that sort of relationship with the son. Because, you no. know, they didn't go through that. So their relationship right. is very much, you know, like a father and a son. And then Reagan has to watch that and be like, he loves him and like he doesn't love me. And she's right. like, I get it. Like, I shouldn't be loved. Like, I don't deserve his love. All of this with no words. With yeah, with no spoken words, at yeah. least. Yeah. And, anyway. and actually, what was interesting. So there's only like 25 or so words of spoken, like lines of spoken dialogue in this movie, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah. And the first spoken word doesn't happen until 38 minutes in. But actually, um, the movie is subtitled for the, for ASL. Yeah. But they originally, when they were putting this movie together, they didn't intend on having any subtitles for this movie. And it was only that scene where Reagan and her father are arguing about 
the cochlear implant that they're like, mm, no, there just isn't quite enough context for people to understand what they're saying here if they don't already speak ASL. So like that's why they end up subtitling the entire movie. But I... it wasn't their intention. And I think it would have been interesting to have watched this movie the first time without any subtitles to see how much I could pick up on without without knowing like based on you know context like I wonder how much of the movie I would understand without yeah. being forced to read I tried to watch this without subtitles actually and no I go. was confused I was confused because like they're ha- they're signing heavily and you're like is that some it's it's not necessarily that you're missing what they're saying because you're right like you can get a lot of that from context but you're confused that you're that you're that they're saying something else like you're like, oh, am I, is that important? Like, are they saying something important? But for me, I feel like you would have missed out on the on the Reagan and her dad with the cochlear implant, which I think was important, obviously, because they added subtitles for that reason. But you mm-hmm. also would have missed their the final dialogue or signing between Reagan and her dad, which I think was would have been a huge loss personally. I think that would have been the oh I, when he yeah the, I love you. I've always loved you. See, and I think I will disagree with you there. I think I think. I would have picked up. I think I would have understood that based on context. I think everyone I think, knows I love you. I don't think I've always. I think I've always loved you. Is I think you powerful. would, and he's also mouthing it. I, I feel he like I mouth would have known. He does because no, he he's doesn't. always mouthing when he's signing. He they wasn't mouthing are. it. He absolutely was. I don't believe you. I think you would have picked up on it. I think you would have picked up on all the things in this movie that were vital because well, again the movie is mostly about the yeah it is exchange between these people i just think that you, i think you would have missed some of the exchanges if there wasn't subtitles personally and i think that's fair i mean and that's why they decided to yeah to subtitle it anyway I think it would have been interesting so lee takes the son marcus out fishing like on a fishing trip and marcus doesn't want to go because he's terrified because you know that's out there is where his brother got murdered and it's terrifying right Mm -hmm. and reagan (laughs) wants to go and reagan's like i'll go because marcus is like i don't want to go reagan's like i'll go and the dad's like no like you don't go like he goes right and that doesn't help matters (laughs) no because i think he is trying to be a good father and i think the reason he takes the younger the young boy instead of her is because he needs the boy to get over his fear and learn how to survive and not just be afraid all the time. Exactly. Like I think he was using that as a parenting moment, but obviously Reagan's not going to take it that way. Of course she's not. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think that if they didn't have to be dead silent, it could have been communicated better between the two of them. But you know, (laughs) you work with what you've got. You work with what you have. So they take Marcus, Lee takes Marcus out to go fishing by the river. It's obviously very loud at the river. And, um, he takes him over to the waterfall at the river and shouts under the waterfall. And the kid obviously like almost like has a fart attack because his dad is shouting and now he's going to die. And the dad's like, okay, no, like if there's a louder noise nearby, like it's okay to make noise. So they're talking behind the waterfall, which is cool. And right. like I watch that and I'm just thinking I would literally go there every single day. Just to hear just, your own voice. Just to talk, <laughs> like to sing and talk. I don't know how I couldn't have done it. I would have been dead in the first week easily. Oh my gosh! Let it be known, people, that Kate cannot go a week. I can't go a day. Dying. I can't go an hour. Yeah, I believe that about you. I, I um, okay, it. like you're so demure and meek. I am much worse than you. Oh my god, I would make it I ten know. minutes <laughs> and burst into song like some sort of Roger and Hammerstein <laughs> impromptu musical. Yeah, they, don't add us on your apocalypse team if sound is an no. issue. No. That's an issue. That's an issue. So Lee and Marcus are walking back and they get to meet one of those families that is nearby that we see the lantern light up. uh, This was so scary. Oh, it was so scary. So they stumble upon this man and there's this old man looking just shook. And who's very creepy. And you're like, is he a murderer? Did this movie just like turn 90 degrees? Yeah. Yeah. It does have a murder vibe. And at his feet is obviously like his wife or his partner or someone who is just absolutely slashed to bits. By this demon just right. destroyed and the man's like obviously about to you know have a conniption fit and lee's trying to like calm him quietly and then the man just lets out this huge scream lee grabs the kid and just runs as fast as you can and you just see in the background the alien come and just like smash this dude to smithereens in the background and it's horrifying yep and i like that i mean they 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 show you a little bit of the of the creature killing the guy. They show you just enough. Just enough that you know that it's happening. But then they cut away and again and it focuses on the little boy and mm-hmm. he's covering his ears and he's trying to like drown out that horrible screeching sound that the alien makes. And again, it's about 
the relationship, even while someone's being murdered. It's just about it's about. Yes, exactly. And I think that's I don't know. This movie does everything correctly and nothing is wrong and it's flawless. And that's all I have to say about it. (laughs) I think our scoreboard is going to go very smoothly this time. Yeah. (laughs) So but back at home, fear not, things get worse. Oh, yeah. She's pregnant in case you forgot. (laughs) And her water just broke. So she's going into labor. Oh, God. And she's trying to make it down the stairs and um, steps on a nail, an exposed nail. Which we were foreshadowed to earlier because she created that up. Yes. The second she did that earlier, you're like, God damn it. Yes. Because <laughs> you know it's going to come back. Yes. But And yet still watching her step on that nail was the most, oh, like every organ in my body contracted. <laughs> I like covered my legs and my little feetsies. And I, I was like, don't touch me. squinched up my feet so hard. They were just so little tiny hard. tennis balls. <laughs> and so she, she doesn't, she manages not to scream when she steps on the nail, but she's holding a glass picture frame. And she drops it. So, oops. So, whoops. They're coming. <laughs> and she they manages. Heard that. She manages to like make it over to this gigantic flip switch thingy, and she flips it. And all they have a system where they have a string of lights outside their house, and if something is amiss, the, they flip the lights and the lights turn red. Right. And we saw this earlier. We didn't get to talk about it, but um, in the scene where the kids are playing Monopoly. Right, yeah, and they just break the the lantern and makes a noise, and then they're yes. all terrified. But then it's just a exactly. raccoon outside. Exactly, it's <laughs> rude. Like, How the hell did a raccoon survive this long? <laughs> it doesn't. You see that raccoon get got pretty good. It does. Yeah, it gets got. It's like so chirping away as it walks away. I know. So she gets she gets the light going, but they're coming, and you know that because within like three seconds, like in the same shot. Drops the frame, goes over, turns on the light, walks back to the stairs, and they are in the house. It's in the house, yeah. They are they are so fast. And, and she's like, thank God I'm giving birth right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will be okay. What could oh, go God. wrong? She manages, she was trying to make it out the front door because she's in like their old house because they've made a new house since the apocalypse happened, which is a much smarter outfit for this apocalypse much situation. Much smarter. So yeah. like, like, we didn't get to say it, but I'm going to say it now. They have like... They steam everything like under the house. Yeah, the pressure cook. Yes. They have leaves for plates. Leaves for plates. Their Monopoly game is has no di- no dice. It has like little felt pieces. It's just a very smart little operation. Yeah, it's very good. And despite the fact that they're pregnant and playing Monopoly, which is the loudest game in human history. It's so loud. I don't know why <laughs> they they're like, okay, we'll like Get rid of everything. Get rid of the utensils. Um, Monopoly staying. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I don't know what it's like in their family, but you land on a hotel in mine, and they're like, $500! <laughs> dead. <laughs> All of us dead. Same. Why didn't they just keep Risk if they were just going to keep the loudest games on planet Earth? But also, going back to their little, um, their apocalypse house, important note, it has a nursery that they have built underneath the house that is as soundproofed as you can make it. And has a mattress that goes over top. So, right. And also, like a little bassinet that's also like an oxygen tank. So they can just shove the baby in there while it screams until it's, I don't know, five yeah, years old. It's like old. a soundproof, like co- coffin style. Little baby crib. bassinet coffin. Yes. And so they're just going to gas down their child until it's old enough to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Which is exactly what I would do. <laughs> go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> So she is obviously having contractions. She can't. She's trying to go out the door to go, you know, give birth in like the soundproof house instead of the house filled with demons. Right. Not an option because there's something at the door. And she's so smart, though, because she's like, okay, I need something. She finds a kitchen, you know, like a timer. And you realize that. So like the kids aren't allowed down in the basement in the movie, you know, and they make a thing about that at one point. And you realize it's because all of the shelves in this basement are full of the noisy things from their life. Mm-hmm. Kitchen timers, alarm clocks, mm-hmm. kitchen aids, you know. Yeah, don't go down that, there, kids. Things that cause noise. But she uses that to her advantage to distract so the smart. creature. She's so smart. Oh, my gosh. So um, she takes the timer and, like, sets it, puts it in the corner of the room. Because they're, they're coming on downstairs. Like, they know where you are. So they're coming down the stairs. They're like getting close to her and then the timer goes off and they go over towards the timer and she just books it up the steps as fast as she can and goes right. to the second floor of the house and just kind of crawls in the porcelain bathtub and just starts hemorrhaging pretty much. Yeah, it's not a you. And that's another really scary part of the movie, because not only is she giving birth where while there's like 
sound sensitized aliens around but it's clearly not a normal labor yeah something is very clearly wrong like if you were confused during the scene that's not how much blood should come out of you no not like that was buckets (laughs) it was too much blood and she has to do it silently so that's what's happening right now meanwhile lee and marcus are coming on home they've had a rough day (laughs) they see all the red lights and like amazing (laughs) and lee's like okay well step one sacrifice the kid so, <laughs> but for real because he's like okay it did, it did he's, sound like he's that. talking to the he's talking to marcus is okay like, hey, you need to make a noise that's louder than your mother do you understand me and you, and we at this point don't know that he means oh go set off the pre-planned fireworks that we have for her screaming to cover it up so you're just like oh my god you're just gonna send this boy out into the cornfield to bang some pots and pans <laughs> <laughs> like save his mother okay marcus it's been real but <laughs> I'm going to need you to go out there. to do us a solid. (laughs) Take this harmonica. Go in the (laughs) cornfield. And play the blues that you've always had inside you. Just be a team player, Marcus. That's all I ask. But again, they had a plan. These people are so intelligent. So, like, they did have fireworks set up wherever they got those, knowing that she'd be screaming in labor, and they would set off these fireworks to cover that up. Yeah. How brilliant. Yeah. How brilliant. And they taught us how that works whenever they showed us the waterfall. So, it's... Very cool how they're, like, teaching us these things. Because otherwise, I, I would have been probably very confused why they're having a celebration right now. You're like, yay, now, baby! <laughs> the baby's, <laughs> the baby's here! here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Marcus goes to set off the fireworks. Where's Reagan at this point? Yeah, so Reagan isn't there. She's having an angsty teen moment. Re- she's having an angsty moment. She was going to run away from home, kind of. She packed up her bags whenever her dad wouldn't take her on the fishing trip. Presumably because he doesn't love her. And went over to oh this is so sweet she goes over to the memorial she goes exactly to the spot like by the bridge where Bo, her little brother was killed and there's a little cross in the road and there's a lot of like photos on it that are all sun bleached so it's like they it's like it's like a sweet little memorial with flowers and stuff and she pulls out of her pocket the spaceship toy which she has clipped she she like was clip, clipping at it earlier with like needle cutters or wire cutters or whatever and she turns it on which at first i'm like are we is this is a suicidey moment because you're like bold bold choice and so she turns it on but it doesn't make any noise it just flashes and so she just sets the flashing spaceship at like the base of his memorial and just sits there and it's just very very touching but how did she know what wire to cut? I have no idea. She So Reagan's a super genius and arguably the smartest one in the family. So Well, she kind of like gonna, solves the alien crisis. I'm not so going to question it too much. Okay, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just saying like it's not like you always clip like unless she has like a manual for that. I'm not whatever. I'm not going to ruin this otherwise flawless movie with my logic. No. Okay. No, don't stop it. Stop it. I'm done. But anyway, all this to say that Reagan is not at home right now. No, and she, she has is, no idea what's going on. She is walking up alone to this house with all the red lights on and is a little overwhelmed. Well, she sees the fireworks and she's like, huh. Oh, those are pretty. <laughs> she's like, oh, we had a reason for that. <laughs> so she takes off to the grain silo. Oh, this is another fun fact. So obviously this is like it's filmed in upstate New York and it's all the, the cornfields are kind of a big deal. And <laughs> cornfields <laughs> corn are, are a big, big deal. deal up there. So they- <laughs> So they have all these cornfields and the producers of this movie actually like contracted out these farmers and gave them all this grain and like asked them to grow all this corn so that they could use it for the movie, which is kind of super cool. I love that. They could have just bought corn or done what children of the corn did and made fake corn. Yeah. They they ethically sourced it with local farmers. Yeah. Take that children of the corn. Yet again. They're flawless. They're they did amazing. everything about this movie correctly. Everything about this movie is perfect. So she runs off to the grain silo. She runs into Marcus and they take off together. And um, they're at the top of the grain silo where the lantern was. And they're trying to light it so that their dad knows where they are. But it's not lighting. And um, Again, super smart. Yeah, super smart. Exactly what you should do. They have a little bit of an argument because Marcus is like, we need to wait here. Dad will come find us. And Reagan's like, well, maybe he'll come for you, but not Aww. me. And Marcus is like, stop having this moment. And then falls through a hatch and lands yeah. in a big ocean of corn. Yes, big ocean Which of suddenly corn. starts acting like quicksand. I don't know the, the physiology of that. The physiology of that. <laughs> the physics of corn. 
Um, I don't, I'm not up to date on my corn physics, but I don't know that you would necessarily sink. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring my logic into this. Yeah, I'm not gonna make myself a fool on that. No, it's, I I don't know if it would happen. Meanwhile, in any event, she's super brave. Jumps in with him, and, and they so get just, themselves up on the hatch door that fell down. Very Titanic esque. They're sharing the door. They did not share the door it. on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, remember that. The correct way. Wrong. Leo yes. lives. <laughs> But we forgot at this time right now, Lee has found Evelyn and the baby. Yeah. So yeah, he found them. Found them. And they don't look too great. They don't look. They're not looking too hot. He they rescues have some them. Blood loss problems. Yep. He rescues them. Is carrying them back to the house. And of course, that's when baby starts screaming because that's what babies Perfect do. Timing. Oh my god. Although so, you have to give the baby some credit. He like hasn't screamed yet. And that's I'm not impressive. giving that baby any credit. So they're going down the little hatch thing, the little soundproof nursery, but you see in the background, a demon is already like walking into the house. And Lee's like, whoop, whoop <laughs> time to go. Time to speed yep. it up. And so they put time the baby in the coffin. gas down the baby. Yes, exactly. They gas down the baby. And so anyway, mom comes to eventually and is like, where are, where are our kids? And Lee's like, right. It's okay. Like I'm going to find them. And she's like, you don't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> She was kind of pissed off. She was a little pissed. She's like, I'm dealing with this, okay? Like, I got this one. I gave birth to it, and you couldn't even hold on to the two we already had. Yeah. This isn't a replacement, baby. We need to keep the other two. Yeah, she's like, this one likely ain't going to make it, so (laughs) please keep the ones that actually have heads on their shoulders already. But then we do get that really sweet dialogue whenever she's- um, Yeah, so he does go find them. Wait, no- we're not there yet. Oh, oh, you mean between the two of them? Yes. We oh. get we get the dialogue where the um mom is talking and she's she just had the baby but then she starts talking about Bo and she's just like my arms were empty. I could have carried him. Meaning right. like if she had carried him, he wouldn't have been playing with the toy and he would still be here. Right. And she says our whole job is like to take care of these kids. Who are we if we can't protect them? Yeah. At which point I'm crying. I love, like, who are we if we can't protect them? I love this movie. I love I know, Emily Blunt. I Blonde. love it. It's so good. It's beautiful. And, and that's the podcast. No. <laughs> There's still like, a lot more tragedy to come. More to come, but. More to come. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. and So beautiful. And dad is obviously like, yeah, 100%. I'm going to go find those children. Goes and, like, is wandering around the corn. At this, this is the point about where the kids are falling into the grain silo, the aluminum loud grain silo. And then the dad, dad's like, huh, I wonder where they are. And you just see this alien book it past him at, like, 120 miles an hour straight for the grain silo. And he's like, oh. Oh, that's where they are. They're over there, I guess. Yes. Good to know. At this point, we get to see the alien, like, jumps into the grain silo and is, like, chomping at these children. And it looks exactly like that scene in Jurassic Park where they're holding the glass sunroof of the convertible or of the Jeep. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same exact scene. same scene. It's the same except scene. Except I'd rather have a grain silo have a... metal door between me and the demon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so they're doing a really good job. They're keeping it off as long as they can. And then um, Reagan's... Well, unfortunately, yeah, Reagan had put on... She had changed her mind. She had had a change of heart, and she put on the new cochlear implant that her father had built for her. And so he had sweet. given us a clue earlier about how he had put in like these little speakers and this thing that they got at the at the store that he had found. They're like these little amplifiers. Little amplifiers, because normally cochlear implants don't make noise, right? They no. just transmit electrical signals to the brain that the brain then interprets as sound. Yes. But so like it starts wigging out and responding to the echolocation coming from the alien. And it starts like this feedback loop. And so she, like, it's hurting her a lot. Yeah. But it's hurting the alien too. A lot more because their hearing is a lot more sensitive than a hers. A lot more sensitive. And, so and I love that. I it's love a, that. It's clever. It's a clever, sensical defense mechanism that she sort of stumbled upon. And I love that she, as a character, sort of, she puts it together a lot faster than I think most people would. Well, she's smart. She's so smart. And and this is actually the second time in the movie that it had happened. Like, had wigged out on her earlier, and she didn't realize that there was an alien behind her. But we did. And so we were allowed to put that together faster than she did. But it's, I just, she's fully impressive to me. But it's not in an unrealistic way. No, it's not. It's not like in a, like, precocious way at all. It's just she is smart, and Mm -hmm. she's paying attention, and she's in the right place, and it works out. So alien doesn't like it. Tears straight out the side of the grain silo. And so they can, they... 
they peace They're very out. strong. Very <laughs> strong. You're like, I don't want that to touch me. And so they make it out. They reunite with dad and they're walking back. And then dad kind of has a moment where he's like, okay, something's following us. Like we're being hunted right now. Yeah, exactly. And they are. Yep. (laughs) So the kids both run and jump into this old flatbed truck, which was cute. We saw the little boy like pretending to learn how to drive in earlier. And dad, John, uh, John, he picks up like a hoe. (laughs) Some some sort of sharp axe like gardening tool. tool. Yeah. yeah, some sort of farm tool, and and that's how you know like shit's about to go down because at no point in this movie have they attempted to defend themselves against these aliens. It's only been avoidance to this point. Yes, and so you don't know what it's actually going to look like when someone tries to face off, but you can picture that it's not going to go great because there aren't a lot of people in this movie now, are there? No, <laughs> it's not a thriving community. There aren't, and it doesn't go well. Like oh. he, he tries. Don't Dad forget, gives it the old college try. Meanwhile, Emily Blunt is in her little cozy nursery bed, wakes up after her like long, exhaustive, hemorrhage-induced nap, and the entire basement that she's in is flooded and making a ton of noise, like a pipe has burst or something. Right. And like the alien, when it was coming in, destroying their home, burst a pipe. Yes. And Great. she comes to, and she sees her baby's little bassinet coffin floating in the middle of the room. And the alien is also in the room. And she's like, oh, good. Yes. And you just see it di- like going forward and just dip underneath the water and it's gone. You can't see it. Which is bad when you think Which about I how. Which I hate. Yes. Because you can't see it. So that's bad. But also like sound travels much better in water than it does in air. Right. So kind of a con. <laughs> she's like, well, I can't move. because And my baby's floating me. in there like it's a freaking buoy. Right. But in, you know, recently gave birth mother superhero mindset, she's like, doing it anyways. That's my baby. <laughs> so she goes after it. But then she's, again, so smart. And she does, she she gets the baby. And then she backs behind like a waterfall of water coming from the floor above. And again, it's the same concept. Like she's masking herself with a louder noise. It's a perfect parallel to what they did on the fishing trip where they were talking behind the waterfall. Yeah. It's perfect. I love it love this movie anyway so the the alien takes off when it hears a noise which we can assume is probably a grain silo issue (laughs) right yeah we can assume likely and so she like made it she goes downstairs in the little basement and they have a great they have a great setup they have like closed circuit television all over their land so they can look everywhere it's horrifying in this outfit because she gets to watch helplessly while her children and her the lover of life are being actively hunted by right, this yeah, alien and so she just she, yeah exactly she, she can do nothing it. she can do nothing right and so the alien knocks lee the dad he knocks him back and he falls to the ground all slashed up and stuff and then marcus naively screams you know for his dad the alien obviously runs for them now <gasps> is like trying to break into the truck and then that's where we get probably oh, the most heartbreaking moment of the entire movie and i was i was actively crying at this point. i was weeping and again, it's where Reagan is looking through the back window of the truck. Lee stands up. He looks right at her. And he's like, okay, well, there's only one thing to do. Yeah, it's attacking my it. children. I need to make a louder noise. He does not hesitate. I need to be the distraction. And so he like he signs to her and he's like, I love you. I have always loved you. And then he screams as loud as he can. And the alien runs right for him. Obviously kills him. We don't see it. And then... The little boy is super smart and He's hits smart. the emergency brake so that the car will start rolling down the hill. I'm going to cry. It's so Oh, sweet. my gosh. It's so touching. It's, it's too much. It's, it's too, too much. much. But it's perfect. It, it's everything comes full circle from, like, not being able to save the first kid to what, you know, Evelyn said about, like, who are we if we cannot protect them? And to him just, like, willingly, without hesitation, sacrificing himself. For his children. Well, and I just love, there's so many things that happen earlier in the movie that lead up to this moment. Like when they're on the trip and they're at the waterfall and the little boy and Marcus is like, do you not love Reagan anymore because you blame her? And he's like, no, obviously not. And he's like, you should tell her that you love her because she doesn't know. And then we see the man screaming because his wife was killed as an act of suicide. And then all of that sort of comes together and... He's like, I'm going to tell her that I love her and then I'm going to emulate that man. And I'm gonna it is myself. brilliantly written. It is written so well. It is so strong. Every end is tied in a perfect little bow. It is perfect. It's so well. With so few 
words and like and i don't just mean spoken words like they don't sign that much no they don't that much dialogue of any kind in this movie they get so much conveyed and they don't leave anything it's it's perfect (sighs) and it's not over like we're not done that would be a great ending there but it's not over because they roll down mom is sitting there like horrified holding her baby but like instantly she just watched it happen yeah because she just watched it happen but she's in mom mode she's in survival mode and she is smart and she grabs them you can you know that they're coming because they just made a ton of noise pointing them right towards the house so they run downstairs they're ready to go they're like just hiding with the baby in the basement and then right and so and reagan is sort of you can tell she like doesn't want to go downstairs because she's not allowed downstairs right <laughs> so she goes down there and she sees all the televisions she sees all these loud things that uh-huh. her father's protecting them from she sees the workbench with all of the cochlear implants and all of the things and the diagrams of him trying to teach himself how to make her, you know, a, a new implant. And she's it's like so obviously sweet. having a very emotional moment. But now is not the time, Reagan. But now is not the time because aliens are coming down the stairs right now. And we have this awesome moment. This is the first time in the movie where we get like an actual real close up look of the alien. And they look cool. And they look so cool. And actually, in quite a few of these scenes, it's actually John Krasinski <laughs> dressed in one of those polka dot outfits pretending to be an alien. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which I love. And it's like, again, like I, I, I have to applaud these actors to look absolutely terrified when it's they're staring at John in a polka dot outfit. Okay, so it's your husband with a bunch of dots on his face. Also, he You're didn't terrified. know what the he didn't know what the demon was gonna look like. So how do you direct that? Just like look look like you can hear really really well. And he's like, like raw. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, not like that. You're blind, John. You can't see. You're you're blind. <laughs> Walk into a wall or something. <laughs> anyway, so aliens like all up in their grills. Reagan. <laughs> Her implant starts going off. Again. Yeah, implant starts going off. Reagan looks at the microphone that they've been like on the ham radio, and like puts it on the microphone and of course it gets really really loud the alien's head starts going all crazy and you see all the flesh and stuff underneath its armor on its face and then it lunges and evelyn just shoots it with a shotgun perfect shot perfect shot and then you see like reagan kind of look at her mom and her mom the mom kind of looks at reagan and and she's so proud of her like you can see it you can just see how proud she is yeah. And then we see more aliens coming on the television. They look at that and they're scared for a second. And then they look at each other and they're like, but we can be on the offensive this yes. time. No more. So hiding. Reagan shoots the volume all the way to the t- all the way to the top. And Emily Blunt just cocks the shotgun with a Credits. like this like smirk on her face. And then bam, end of movie. So good. Oh, my God. No, no. Perfect. Perfect. Ending. Amazing. I loved it. Perfect so much. ending to this movie. So I'm just going to jump straight to it. Scoreboard. Number, number one. one. Number okay, That was easy. <laughs> number <laughs> was one. Easy. This so, is easily the best movie we've watched. So this means that our current ranking for our scoreboard, we do rank all of the more movies on a big scoreboard on Tumblr. Our current ranking, if this is number one, I can, I'm, that was easy. Um, that Quiet was the easiest place, that's ever gone. So easy. Number aside one. Aside from the very first episode. Because there was nowhere to put it. <laughs> You're like, I guess Exorcist is number one. Not for long. Yeah, we weren't proud of that. We weren't proud of that. So number one, A Quiet Place. Number two, The Conjuring. And number three, Oculus. And All I'm phenomenal movies. Very happy with that. Very happy. Yeah, I'm very happy with this that. This movie is amazing. So just if you guys want to check out our scoreboard, it is on Tumblr. Our Tumblr is nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com. We have our scoreboard, and we also have show notes for each episode so far, as well as right. other and fun Right, and so like, those are... Supposed to give you an idea of what an episode's going to be about, the kind of things we're going to talk about before you click, before you commit to our episode. But really, it's mostly just me whining about the movie. Perfect. Anyways, <laughs> um, so hopefully you're interested in joining our club because Spoiler, congrats, you're, you're in already it. in it because you're, you're here. <laughs> we sucked you. Sorry about it. You stayed for the meeting. <laughs> you're now in. There's no dues. No so it's a, it's a free podcast. However, to officially join in a more formal fashion, it's super easy. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button on whatever That's platform right. you're listening to us on. And be sure to follow us or check us out on our other social medias. We've got a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our Tumblr, of course. And we share all kinds of other trivia and images and things that we can't talk about because we don't have time. Or obviously we can't show pictures on a podcast. So we have a lot of other things to talk about that we we share on those medias that we don't necessarily do here yeah and otherwise this podcast would be like three hours 
each 100%. episode. <laughs> and 100%. If, if you guys like this podcast, the best way to help people find it is obviously you can share it directly with people. That's awesome. You can get some word of mouth new members, but you can also rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. That helps boost us in the algorithms or whatever. And so other people can find us better. And I know that we would really like it. And also, every time we get a review, we do our own personal happy dance. We text each other. We send it to each other. It really makes us makes us happy. So you can make our day and just give us a little review. Yes, please. And if you hate us, maybe don't leave a review, but do send us your hate mail because that is thrilling. That also makes our day. <laughs> that is awesome. Our, ni- our email address is nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. You can also contact us on our various social media. And so for next week, we have another listener recommendation. And so I'm kind of excited for this one. I've, I don't really know a lot about it. I've never watched it, but it's 28 Days Later. Oh, the um, one with Sandra Bullock. Cute. No. That's a joke. It's it really? <laughs> <laughs> She's in a movie called like 28 Weeks Later. Weeks Later. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's different. Yeah. So this one's 28 days later. If you listen to it ahead of time, watch it with us so you can tune in. Make sure it's the right 28 whatever. Oh, wait. No, it's 28 weeks later is the sequel. 28 days is the one with Sandra Bullock. (laughs) So make sure it's 28 days later, not 28 days. Yes, correct. You will be severely disappointed. But apparently, the the little I know about it is that it's a zombie post-apocalyptic type movie. And that's cool because we haven't done a single zombie horror film yet. That's because I don't like zombie movies very much. I like zombies. Not scary ones, but like zombies. I find zombies very underwhelming, but I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give this a shot. I've heard good things about it. It was very popular when I was like, I don't know, 10. So I'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right. Glad we're going into it with a An open positive mind. attitude. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that's it. So that concludes our weekly meeting and we will see you guys next time. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>